Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who've been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps to help you along your military life journey. Here's your host, Lindsay Litton. This episode is brought to you by Armed Forces Insurance. Armed Forces Insurance offers personal insurance options specifically designed for military families. To learn more, visit them online at AFI.org or give them a call at 1-800-313-1936. All right, guys. Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. My name is Ashley Peebles, and I am super stoked to introduce you to our guest today. I think we all have these people throughout life that are lighthouses, and that is how we look at the people that guide you through amazing times, but they guide you through dark times and tough times, and you have those people that you would call in the middle of the night, they would wake up from their groggy state, and they would talk you through whatever it is that's on your heart. So the woman that you are going to get to meet today is my Yoda, like she's so amazing. And she's wildly successful in so many different areas. She's wildly successful in the health and wellness industry. She's wildly successful at being debt free and helping other people to see that. She's wildly successful as an amazing wife. You can ask her husband, Benji. He's going to give you two thumbs up on that. And she's raised two of the most extraordinary children that I've ever met. And I can only hope that my children mimic them one day. And actually our sons are a lot alike and it gives me so much hope. So everyone, this is my Yoda, my mentor. Her name is Miss Tanya Parr. So welcome. I am so excited to be here. And you know, I'm laughing because we have had some of those middle of the night phone calls in our relationship, haven't we? Um, that is definitely part of life. And I thank you for just such a sweet introduction. And I think when I think about everyone that is watching, um, all the ladies that are joining in, just finding someone that can be in your corner. Uh, and it really, just think of the strength that we get from one person, but to have a whole community that y'all are having right now that Ashley is, is leading you through um, with this podcast just makes me really happy for, to, to get to meet you, um, not really in person, but through Ashley and through being here with you today. All right, Tanya. So let's dive in. I would love to know how you got where you are today and what, like, what made you choose health and wellness? What about your past? What about your life led you to where you are? I mean, go through anything that stands out in your mind because I truly believe that stories are what people connect to. And there's something in your past, in your present and in your future that can connect to so many people that are listening. So you just take it away and I will zip my trap. And you know, actually, it's really kind of crazy because my health and wellness love actually started before I was old enough to even realize that was what was happening. So here I was, I was born, I'm child number five out of six kids um, to my parents who are from Minnesota. They had recently moved to Georgia um, and I was born in the late 60s. And my mom, who was you know, she paid somewhat attention to what she was eating. She was a smoker while she was pregnant with me. Um, She said, all we knew at the time is it was a dirty habit. We didn't think of it as, you know, we were doing something dangerous for ourselves or for our babies. Um, So that was my pre-birth was to the mom um, 
was with a mom who was smoking. And I look back to my early years up till about age four, and I don't remember a whole lot about it, um, but I was really, really sickly. So I was, my parents, they, they, they were very afraid. Many times my fever would spike really high. They would rush me to the hospital. I was in the doctor's office all the time. Um, and I was really sickly. In fact, my, I was so sickly that my entire family still calls me Tuffy uh, because I really scared my parents and my aunts and uncles who would help take care of, of me or my older brothers and sisters so my parents could take me to the doctor or the hospital. And they said, she's such a Tuffy because even though she scares us to death, she doesn't actually die. Um, she always pulls out of it. So my parents were not real aware. My mom did quit smoking when I was an infant. And I'm not saying that's what made me really sickly, but statistically that definitely plays, that can play a role. Um, but I was a sickly little girl and my mom got really interested in the early 70s with the whole idea of wellness, the whole idea of eating different. In fact, we laugh at her now. We're like, mama, you were going to Atlanta to those health food stores where it was a bunch of, you know, young hippies that were in the health food store. And there you were, this middle-aged mama with your six kids dragging us in because she really wanted us to live healthier uh, than what she had as a very poor child growing up. And then my father was also an extremely poor child. His dad was a diabetic. So he watched that whole process. Also an alcoholic, what a terrible combo. Um, but my parents were really the first ones that introduced me. So they were already beginning to implement things that were more nutritious when it really wasn't, it was not cool yet. Nobody was talking about it yet. But I didn't really buy into it myself till I was a high school athlete, and we ate healthier than most. We got kind of teased about that a little bit, um, but I did know that I wanted to be um, the best I could be in my athletics. I was playing basketball, playing volleyball, and I just one summer decided I was just going to give up all sugar. I was going to eat nothing, none of the no, no white. Well, we didn't have white bread in our house anyway. But I really wanted to clean up my diet for that next season because. I want to make the all-star team and the all-state team. And so I was really interested in that. I was interested in things about the body and thought I would go on to be a doctor. So it was kind of, that was my journey that got me there, Ashley. Um, but then it was when I was pre-med and I was trying to decide would I go on to med school. I was on a fast track program um, at a university here in Georgia and I worked for a doctor and I said, I really can't see my real dream, which is being a wife and mom matching up with being a doctor, not that there aren't awesome doctors who are also moms, because there are, but I had my vision in my head of what I wanted it to look like. Um, and I couldn't make that, I couldn't make that come together. So I kind of took a, a veer off of that and I went toward wellness, which I had really fallen in love with as I was growing up. And as a fresh college grad, that was my, uh, actually my second job, I had a little short job. Um, right out of college, but then I became a hospital wellness director and then it's kind of progressed from there and I've gone on to go take classes and certifications and it's just something that just makes sense to me and to be honest, being a sickly kid and then being a person even as an adult um, because let's, when I was in high school, uh, I started having these weird feelings in my chest when I was playing ball and I'm like, what in the world's going on? And I remember them taking me to the first doctor who then sent me to a cardiologist. And this is real common with tall, slender people. I'm tall, I'm slender, I'm six feet tall. Uh, and so I also found out I had an arrhythmia at the time. And so all these different things, and here's, there's a quote that says, nothing ever becomes real until it's experienced. Well, I had a lot of real things by being this sickly kid, by having to go to the doctor, by finding a heart arrhythmia when I was in high school and an athlete and all the fear that goes with that by having a challenging birth when our son was born by facing a new diagnosis with my heart when equipment got better and it was with this other scary thing where they thought I had this deadly heart disease 
And I'm like looking at him going, do I look like I'm going to die? I'm very healthy. And he said, you look like someone that your lifestyle may have just not let this present itself. And I'm like, you know, scared to death. And it ended up that it is a very, very rare, um, non-deadly type of arrhythmia. But these different things that I've experienced just made me fall more in love with wellness. Because here's what I know for every one of you that are watching. It's the decisions that you make today that may be what you need to have made for the future. So whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, um, we can look back and say, hey, I, I, I should have interrupted my life then and made a better decision, but especially about our health. Um, so that's really how the whole wellness thing came to be and how it's progressed through the years. And, and then I realized that every single woman, every single man, every single child, they have their own story. And so that's my story. But if we can learn some very basic fundamentals, then those fundamentals can help you with whatever your story is. Maybe you are just beautifully healthy and you've never come across anything. Maybe you have health struggles. Maybe you have a little one who's sickly. Maybe you have one that's not. The reality is that building block of of laying a wellness foundation, that builds us as a human. Amen to that, sister. You're speaking speaking my language. All right. So we're here in the middle of quarantine. You know, we're in the middle of COVID-19, this pandemic that really spans the globe. And what that reminds me, honestly, is that there's always something going on in our life. Like whether you've got babies at home, maybe you've got a sassy teenager at home and that feels like it's never going to end. Or we have a lot of military spouses listening in where their husband deploys, where they go TDY a lot. We have a lot of civilian spouses that their husbands travel a lot for work. So the common theme is there's always something going on that you can use as an excuse. Let's get real. And you can say, oh, I just, I can't do it right now. I can't eat healthy because my kids are so little and I have to feed them macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets, which you know, I love. Um, but <laughs> you'll also hear, I just can't, like we're in a season right now where I can't afford to eat healthy or my all time favorite. It's just too complicated. Like I can't, I don't want to like weigh my food and count my macros and do all that. So Whether it's quarantine, whether it's moving, whether it's a TDY, uh, whether it's a busy stage in life, can you please give us some tips on just maintaining your wellness um, in the midst of chaos? Because I really feel like life is just one like event leading into another chaotic event these days. (laughs) Well, and you know, I thought that would change once my kids were grown, but it's just the reality of life. And I think that once we realize that we're not abnormal, we're not odd. Um, that our life is just our normal may, may look abnormal to somebody else, but everybody has things going on. When we realize that we're all in the same boat, um, that definitely makes us feel better. But actually, I just have to, first of all, say to every single one of you um, that's watching and listening that that you do have a spouse that's in the military, or maybe you are um, the person that's in your military yourself. I don't know the whole audience, but I am so grateful to you. Um, because it's because of that sacrifice that we are able to live the lives that we have. Um, When we go to the grocery store during the pandemic, what's going on here in our state and all over the country and seeing empty shelves and and not being able to find some of the basics like toilet paper and those things, I'm going, 
we never had to do this before. And it's because of the sacrifice of every single man and woman and their families um, that are in the military. But let's just think about what you said about it being, I can't, it's complicated. I will tell you my rule um, at my house is if you say the word C-A-N apostrophe T, you have a choice. You can either run, you can do push-ups, or you can wash windows. And my kids will tell you that is the God honest truth um, because my coach, when I was playing ball, Um, That was like not allowed. And then I got to the end where I said, or I can run a a strip of soap down your mouth and we can wash that that word away. And it sounds kind of hardcore, maybe, um, but really and truly, that is just a mindset. And I think one of the reasons we think we can't is because it's been made out to be too too hard. When you were saying weighing things, counting macros, I'm going, I don't want to do that. I've been in this industry for years. I've been there. I've done that. I don't want to live my life like that. Now, maybe you're a person who has a health condition. Maybe you're a diabetic. Maybe you've got to to monitor for something going on with your health. There are times that that's appropriate. If that's your personality and you love it, then that's awesome. Um, But for the most people, that makes them feel very restricted. And let me tell you, ladies, where most of us live. We either live on a diet, cheating on a diet, looking for the next diet, or mad at ourselves that we're not doing one of the above. That is not living. That is not wellness. That is called misery. And we're watching that in our statistics with our overweight, our obesity, and all the illnesses that go with that substantiate that something we've been doing is not working. So a few years ago, um, I really shifted both personally and with clients and with everyone that I've been able to mentor um, to something called traffic light eating. But before I go there, let me just kind of simplify the whole wellness thing for you. You know, you're sitting in a chair. Uh, I don't know if you're sitting in a chair. Maybe you're sitting on a sofa. Maybe you're sitting in a car seat. But imagine you're sitting in a chair that has four legs. Um, Those legs are holding you up. If you take one of those legs off or you cut part of that leg off or you have one broken, two broken, three broken, you're not going to be able to sit in the chair. Well, that you, the chair that you're sitting in, think of that like the legs, the pillars that hold you up in your wellness. It holds up your wellness. One of them is healthy eating. I'm going to talk about that for a second. The other one is exercise. I'm going to talk about that in a second. The other is managing stress. Oh my gosh, that is really can be tough when you've got a spouse that's deployed, when you've got that little sassy mouth teenager, when you've got the baby that's not letting you sleep, when your boss has to meet deadlines, all the things. Um, stress is one. Um, getting good sleep is the fourth one. So you've got healthy eating, exercise, managing stress, and sleep. That's what holds us up. Then I tell people, you need to have this little secret glue that can go in and build back up one of those legs if it is not as strong as it should be. And that's where I like to use supplements to go in and fill in any of those legs of that wellness chair that aren't solid. But healthy eating has been so complicated. Am I supposed to eat a lot of fat? Am I not supposed to eat a lot of fat? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to measure? It's just completely mind-boggling. So traffic light eating is a really, really easy way. It came out of Germany um, years ago, and it's really simplifies, and it's something you can do with your children. In fact, what we do is we play red light, green light, yellow light. Green lights are all your fruits and vegetables. Those are go foods. You want to have as many fruits and veggies in your day as you can. You don't even have to think about it. Now, yellow lights, that just means stop and think. Now, when I say stop and think, it's because those are great things like your chicken, your fish, your protein, any other meat that's a protein, um, your beans, your complex carbs like rice and um sweet potatoes, things like that, your yogurt, the things that are good for you still, but you don't want to just eat to without thinking at all about it. And then we have our red light foods. And I think for so long, Ashley, we have acted like 
if you have a soda or if you have a piece of cake or you have some ice cream or you have whatever, chips and salsa, you're either having, you're either being a good girl or you're being a bad girl. And so the bad girl, just to heck with it, just give it up, just bring me the whole thing. I'm going to have chips and dip and ice cream and Coke and just throw all those habits. But the idea of the red light is you stop and think. So you make a decision. You know, if I've had my green lights and I've had good yellow lights and I want to have a graham cracker with Nutella or I want to have that scoop of ice cream or I want to have that birthday cake with my child or whatever, it takes all that guilt and lifts it off. And then managing stress is a huge one. Um, A lot we could talk about that. And then, of course, getting sleep and, and good sleep hygiene is a big deal as well. So I love that question because we really can, because the other part of it is sometimes maybe you're following somebody on social media or you have that friend who is super crunchy, you know, the super granola girl who everything in her cabinet, everything in her fridge comes from Thrive Market or Whole Foods or, you know, very expensive sources. I always like to work with people to take that traffic light, to take those, that idea of wellness And then go to your regular grocery store and how you can go in and find those things, even using your sales circular every week so that you can save some money. In fact, a game that we played with our kids when we were little is I always shop from the self-flyer. It's what I always taught at the hospital because we rotated our meats and veggies and our, our complex carbs. And then any savings that we had, that was our fun money. We would go out and go to the movies or we'd go play putt putt or we'd do whatever because I was going to spend it anyway on groceries, but instead I saved it there. That is good, my friend. I'm actually excited. You and I have a mutual friend that does a really great job shopping at the grocery store for under $100 a week, and they've got a family of five, right? So I'm excited to have her on here because I think that has a lot of value. When people say it's too expensive, we can handle that. And they say it's too complicated. You just made it super simple with the traffic light eating. Okay, I don't think you know that I'm going to ask this, so forgive me. But you just mentioned something that reminded me of a story that you told me once about Ben and birthday cake. Would you mind sharing? I know, I'm sorry. Would you mind sharing that? I think it just, it rings so true to me. And I think it will ring so true to other women. We're trying to be the best version of ourselves and we're trying to be the best parents. We're trying to be the best wife. We're trying to be all of the best things that sometimes trying to be perfect just ends up looking like a failure later. So I know that I did not prep you to tell you I was going to ask, but would you mind sharing that story? Because I think it's, I think it's a winner. And you know, Ashley, that story will forever immediately. It makes me get choked up. Um, because I have been a wellness professional and I've said the things and I really feel like I've lived very moderately, even within that field. Um, Both of our kids were highly driven already. They both were college athletes. Um, So we had a lot of drive in our house. And and I remember going through a stage where I was eating no sugar at all. Uh, Of course, I know that sugar in moderation is fine, um, but I don't even remember what it was. I I, I never have been a person who followed diets. It was just kind of a thing where I was just being super, super rigid on myself. And I don't even really in retrospect know why. Um, and I remember it was our son's birthday. I don't know how old he was. He was little. He's probably seven, eight-ish in that age. He was little um, and precious. And it was birthday cake time. And I don't eat a lot of sweets. I'm not a big sweets eater anyway. So it wasn't like a big deal. And cake isn't my favorite food. So it wouldn't, wasn't like I was giving up something that would be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to have it. But I remember serving Ben his cake and it just makes me get me. And I, um, 
went to serve his cake and he goes, mom, are you going to have some cake with me? And I said, no, buddy, that's okay. Mommy, but it's my birthday. I really want you to have some cake with me. And I'll look back on that young mom who was a, who was helping so many people, but I realized that I had something not quite right in my head, um, that I was so more bent on sticking with my not having any sugar than I was the sugar sweet moment of that moment of life. And it still gets me. And he turns 25 this next week. And I go, it's not that I feel guilty about it, but it's literally, and every single one of us has something in us, an experience that evokes an emotion. And that motion, emotion may be something that you're maybe a school teacher. Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're home with your babies all day. Uh, I don't know what your role in life is. Maybe you have a friend who's struggling with an addiction. I don't know. But a story from something that got your heart can help you, you know, here I am probably 18 years later because he'll be 25. And I think I wish that I would have sat down with my boy and had a piece of birthday cake. But you know, that lesson made me always go and say, if he wants to sit down and have a piece of birthday cake, I'm having a piece of birthday cake. Um, because we are not defined by food that puts in our ma- that's put in our mouth. We're not defined by the clothing size that's in our, in our, in our, in our clothes. In fact, if that bugs you, get scissors and cut it out. We're not defined by what our checking account has. Our, we're, we're not defined by how many square feet in our house. We're not defined by if our windows roll with our hands or we push them up with power locks. Um, we are defined by who we are as people. And each of us is so perfectly made exactly like we are. And we are all in this moment. And I think with everything going on with COVID-19, it's made me even more aware that it takes every single one of us to be the best, for all of us to be the best together. Um, and if there is something that's a hang up like that, maybe something that you're just like, oh gosh, I'm not perfect enough on that. You know, my house is always messy and you know, you go to Ashley's and it always looks like it just came out of the magazine. Whatever those things are, those are just, those are just lies that we put in our heads. That's a measuring stick that we put. Um, and let me tell you, the people around us aren't measuring us by that. They're measuring us by who we are and the impact we have on our lives. So thank you for letting me go back to that place because I never want to forget that day because it really has helped mold me. I I'm so thankful for you not just telling me to buzz off when I ask that question. <laughs> and it's because we're all, especially now during quarantine where our children are here. Every I already homeschool my kids, but everybody else are like by de facto a homeschool parent right now. And if they're used to having a super clean house and it's not right now, they're going to think that they have to do it and they're going to think they have to stop and not put a puzzle together with their kids or not color with their kids. I think your cake story is going to resonate so, so big with so many people that they can hold off on the dishes and do a coloring sheet. They can hold off on the dishes and go take a bike ride because you told me that one time and it mm. has never ever left my heart. It's never left my mind. And I am a better mother because you shared that story with me. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for sharing everything today. I truly believe that the people that are listening to this can see what was that quote that you said about you don't know it until you go through it. Can you say that again? Nothing ever becomes real until it's experienced. There you go. And you know, that's what we're all doing. We're living a real thing right now. And that about sitting down and doing puzzles Y'all, that was a fight for me. I am highly driven, highly type A, highly push, 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 push. But learning those those things to just savor it. Savor that moment because they are fleeting, I can promise you. 
That's a true story. Okay, my dear, wonderful Tanya, I appreciate you taking time today. I appreciate you meeting us all here. And for everybody that's listening and everyone that's watching, you're going to have to comment. You're going to have to let us know. Make sure that you're subscribing to this podcast because I've already talked Tanya into coming back again and giving us her best debt freedom tips because she and her husband, I said, are wildly successful in that area and given the right tips and their story. Hopefully Benji will join us for that one. But their story of what they did, why they did it and how they did it is really, it's really extraordinary. So Tanya, thank you for your time today. Go ahead and tell Benji that he's got a podcast he needs to be on. And then for everyone that's listening, we, and my dog's barking. Oh God bless. It's real life. So for everyone that's listening, we appreciate you. We hope that you are staying safe and well during this time and come back next week. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.